I'm Vanessa Berry, and this is Mirror Sydney, a reflection of the city through its margins, undercurrents and overlooked places. The West Side and the Mona Lisa. I found the business card in a country antique store, inside a plastic folder of old tram tickets, maps and pamphlets for tourist attractions and theme parks that have long since closed down. The card was bright blue with white writing. It said, The West Side Theatre Restaurant, in capital letters, and underneath, in smaller text, the name Keith Peterson. In the corner of the card were three six-digit telephone numbers and the address, Illawarra Road, Marrickville. I knew the place. I often walk past what remains of the West Side Theatre restaurant, its blank facade stripped of adornments apart from a small vertical sign with West Side printed on it in red. The sign is hidden for most of the year behind the leaves of the street trees, but I look for it whenever I go by. Of course, I had to buy the card. I added it to the stack of miscellaneous library and loyalty cards in the back pocket of my wallet. I promptly forgot it was there. So now, going searching for a library card or an Officeworks copy card, I instead pull out the card for Westside Theatre Restaurant, as if it might provide me with the help I require. Keith Peterson, at my service. Who was he? Keith Peterson, a vaudeville and pantomime actor and comedian who in the 1940s and 50s made his name performing in productions in Sydney's live theatres such as the Theatre Royal and the Tivoli. His one notable film role was as a drunk man on the ferry in There a Weird Mob who slurs out abusive comments about migration as he staggers around the cabin. But Keith Peterson was devoted to theatre, even though by the 1960s, audiences for live performance had been diminished by television and traditional theatres were closing in favour of theatre restaurants. In 1967, Keith Peterson announced he was bringing variety back with the opening of the West Side Theatre Restaurant. He had invested all his money in the theatre, he said in a newspaper interview, and was both the manager and the theatre's leading actor. The interviewer wasn't convinced about the location. Marrickville? Implying working-class migrant Marrickville? Peterson, however, was adamant that the people of Marrickville wanted variety entertainment as much as the people of Neutral Bay or Wallara. Advertisements for the theatre restaurant describe how it was the largest and most lavish theatre restaurant in the country. And also... The only restaurant with full dancing facilities. The article also included the unusual detail that Peterson, as a hobby, kept a pig farm near Campbelltown. However, he'd been so busy setting up the west side, he'd had to spend much less time with the pigs. And that's a pity, he said, because my pigs are my relaxation. It's hard to determine the success of the west side from the newspaper traces. Peterson died in 1971 at his home in Campbelltown, And then, at some point, Westside became the reception centre it operated as until recently, hosting weddings, charity dinners and dances. In even more recent times, the building has housed a series of final days businesses, a co-working space, a rug shop, 
while it is on the market as a development site. I often walk past the back of it, where ferns sprout from the bricks and the pigeons preen and loiter. The pigeons used to preside over a squashed air conditioning unit set into a recess in the wall. Then the unit was removed, but the pigeons still hang out in the nook where it used to be. Whenever I go by, I look for them too. The building has all the signs of having once been a movie theatre, being long and wide with a peaked corrugated iron roof, and indeed started out that way as the Hoyts Deluxe in 1921, before it was redesigned and reopened in 1938, screening the film Dead End. This film is set in New York, amid the crime and poverty of the tenements of the Lower East Side, alongside which new luxury apartments have just been built with views over East River. When I stand on the corner of the former theatre, where 80 years ago audiences gathered to watch this screening of Dead End and Keith Peterson once dreamed of his lavish theatre restaurant, I can hear the pick and churn of new apartment complexes being constructed all around. One complex is being built directly across the street. Its sign promises residents will wake up wonderful. They will wake to the view of the west side, where the painted signs in the window of the rug store say everything must go until the west side itself goes too. Around from west side, on Marrickville Road, is another sign I am in the habit of looking for whenever I pass by it. On an upstairs window of a long closed shop is the fading painted sign for the Mona Lisa photographic studio. Its cracked silver lettering makes me think of a logo on a 1950s powder compact, silver letters on a pink plastic case. I imagine that the interior of the photography studio might continue in this powdery style. White carpet, gladioli in a tall glass vase, chairs with spindly gold-painted frames and fluffy pink upholstery. At street level, in a stripe above the entrance, are more signs, some in Greek, others in English, another for the Mona Lisa and one for Phoenix Discount House, with an illustration of an ascending golden phoenix to accompany it. I peer inside. The two showcase windows to either side of the door are empty, but further back inside is a pile of leftover objects, chairs, debris, bedspreads compressed into squares and wrapped in plastic. The yellow striped wallpaper is peeling and wires hang down from the roof, but the space doesn't quite seem abandoned. A ladder and a broom are propped up against the wall, as if at any moment someone might come in and resume the task of clearing out the room. On the window is a row of signs for blankets, carpets, gifts and crystal. With each word I imagine the store in its heyday, the topography of soft or glistening objects that would have made up its interior. Things bought here would still be in people's houses, or have recirculated through op shops, or remain at the back of cupboards, never used wedding presents from decades before. I'm being watched. From the tiled stairwell at the side of the store hangs a framed print of the Mona Lisa. She looks in my direction serenely, with her seeing but not seeing expression, from the wall-mounted glass cabinet lined with flocked wallpaper where she has been for decades encased. 
Beside her, tiled stairs lead upwards. A hand-painted sign in English and Greek above the cabinet directs all photography inquiries to the shop downstairs. I stumble my eyes over a word in Greek, decoding it as photography. Photografio. I don't read or speak Greek, so later, when I'm back home, I type all the words on the sign into an online translation site and they come out as information about the photography lost under the story. I like it. For as I stand peering through the metal grill that seals the premises off from the street, I dream up stories about the Mona Lisa photographic studio. I think of the carefully dressed people who once climbed the stairs, walking up towards the portrait photographs that were soon to be taken of them, preserving that day, that moment. Mirror Sydney podcast is recorded on Gadigal land and is written and presented by me, Vanessa Berry, and mixed, produced, and with original music by Leah Samaglu. If you're enjoying this podcast, please rate or review us on iTunes. To find out more or get in touch, go to mirrorsydneypodcast.com. <laughs>